Hola, me llamo Sandrine. Bonjour, je m'appelle Christa. We should just rename it and then go the podcast where you see our brains working most of the time. Well, I don't know. My brain seems to be on vacation. I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know, it's that weird time of the summer where typically you take some time off and you kind of let your brain go on vacation. And that's when I read those quote unquote trash books and just do a lot of that kind of stuff that calms down my mind because we need it but this summer is all like no I need to research this and I need to research that and I need to be looking at this and I don't have enough hours on the day and so my brain is like but I'm on vacation I don't want to do anything and I'm like no no you got to keep right. pushing so it's been that weird kind of thing where I have days where I'm like okay I'm re raring to go and just doing a million things and there's the days where I'm just like dragging and feel like I'm not getting anywhere and exactly and you know it's I don't know if if you've run into this but you know when I whine and complain about that you know my husband is always like please you have the summer to chill and you know normal people have to work all 12 months out of the year And I'm like, yes, but you see what I do during the semester. It's not your typical eight hour day. Right. I mean, that's the thing. I've had to force myself on weekends to take off yes. at one day. I mean, in the fall, it's been Saturday, so we could watch football. That's been my day, mm -hmm. right? It's been so when we were in Tuscaloosa, maybe we would go tailgating, maybe we would go to the game, or we just watch it on TV, whatever. But that was my one day. And then Sunday, it was just like work, work, work. And the rest of the week, work, work, work. And so many evenings where I'd be like, I can't watch TV with you tonight because I have to work. And mm -hmm. when I was at UAB on Thursdays, I didn't get home until 10 o'clock at night. If I was lucky, because exactly. I had one of those late classes. And so, yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, I love it. But at the same time, and come there sometimes I'm like, gee whiz, how many other jobs people have where they take it home with them? Exactly. So that is definitely a thing. And then, yeah, summertime, we get to rest and relax. But And some teachers do, because I know we had that PD one time where we had all of those people we weren't expecting that were forced on us. And the person who forced them upon us was there and just kind of chilling and going, so what did y'all do this summer? And some of the answers, <laughs> I just wanted to go stop teaching. Somebody was like, oh, I watched a lot of soap operas and I did this and oh, I was so bored. And he's like, oh my God, I, I did so many things. I could have used another two or three months to catch up on some things. Exactly. Exactly. So I know it. 
I mean, you know, you always have the one that give a bad name to the rest of us. But yeah, summer is a weird time, but this year is even weirder. Right. Yeah. And it's very stressful because um, you're not exactly sure what, you know, what the fall semester is going to going to look like. I mean, even now people are quote releasing their plans, but it's not really a plan. <laughs> well, and you know, we are, we're, we're trying to record early, but this episode right now should be coming out on July 27th, which is the day I am slated to fly off to France. Right. And yesterday I told my mom, I said, mom, we need to plan that I'm not coming. I said, we need to stop talking about it as if it's a done deal because I really don't know right now I have a feeling it's crap's about to hit the fan I mean it's already starting to it feels like it has and I said I think it's about to get even worse and I don't know that my flights will be maintained they're already messing with my return flights and it's a month out mm -hmm. so I told her I said we need to plan on that and I could hear the deflation on her side you know of like shoot I've been looking forward to that but I said I'd rather it do that and then if I can come it'll be last minute we'll be super happy about it yeah exactly so we don't even though we don't know exactly what um the school year is going to look like we thought we'd go ahead and talk to you all about you know the first day <laughs> Right, because it's because it's the coming, first day is yeah, and it's coming about that time. It's the end of July when this is releasing, and so you want to have time to plan it a little bit better. For some people, it's going to be right around the corner, so we do need to talk right. about the first day. Right, and I, you know, and I think I mean the first day you can't underestimate how important it is, and sometimes I see people. Um, I'm not going to mention names, but they're like, oh, it's just the first day. I mean, we just go over the syllabus, so I don't really have to plan anything, you know, and it's, and, and I, you know, and I, I'm like, why, why do we do that? Because I was guilty. I was guilty of that too. And then I, I realized, I was like, well, you know, it's because that's tradition. It's the way that it's always been done, which are very dangerous words, right? Well, it's always been the done most, this way, so. Yeah, the most dangerous words in the English language, it's always been done that way. Right, and so my the changes that I've made to my first day actually are because of my children. Mm -hmm. and you know their first day experiences and I, I I don't know what your kids when they were in elementary school my kids would come home and they were so enthusiastic and they're oh we did this art project and we did this and we did this and they were so excited and so engaged um, and then they hit middle school and for whatever reason in middle school all of a sudden they have to be these little adults mm -hmm. and so that's when the let's go over classroom rules and classroom procedures and our syllabus and this that, and the other and they do that for six or seven classes in a row and you're like really really how boring is that yeah, and, and how often do you hear out of college students, oh, I don't have to go the first week because it's just going over the rules and over this. Yes, exactly. Well, and, 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 and it really struck home with me um, when my oldest went to college. Of course, I called him up after his first day. Well, how was it? What do you think of your classes? What about your teachers? You know, what kind of projects do you have? I was so super excited. And he's like, 
I don't know, mom, it's all run together. I mean, I listened to four people talk about the syllabus and I don't know which one, you know, which project was in what class by the end of the day. And I went, you know, that is why professors get so frustrated. And they even have those shirts that say it's in the syllabus, yep. right? Because it, that's, everybody does that. And you can't possibly compartmentalize all that. It does all together. And I thought, wow. So the first thing I did was quit going over the syllabus the first day of class. <laughs> I was like, well, yeah, same. Doing it. Um, but one other element to me in college is they have a week, some of them a little bit less to decide if they want to stay in a class or not. Right. So how can they decide if all they have is a syllabus? Because mm -hmm. that's a document that doesn't tell them much. Right. It's like, here is what I'm going to do. So maybe it tells them what kind of a hard line you're going to run or not, but maybe not. Right. Um, so it's not helpful to them. No. And not only that, but if you go over the syllabus the first day and then people drop and more people add, they missed the syllabus discussion. <laughs> exactly. And then you're going through, oh, you're going to have to do homework online. Let me show you how to do it. And then some of them drop because they decide it's going to be too much work. Some of them drop because they decide, oh, you know what? I'm not liking that style. And then you have new ones who come in and you might have a back and forth and back and forth. And then you're ready to roll and you've got a third of your class who's like, so what are we doing? When are the exams? Where am I finding the homework? And you're like, we went over that. And they go, well, I wasn't here. And you're like, mm -hmm. you're right. So it's wasted time because you have to do it again because otherwise it's not fair. At the same time, I'm thinking if my students only have a few days and some universities have a much shorter period, mm -hmm. some of them, it's like three days. And it's like, well, I hope you can make the classes. So if you're, all you're doing is the syllabus, then you start your class. At that point, they get content and they don't know. Right. So I do think starting on the, wrong, on the right foot mm -hmm. is let's do what we're going to do. And then we can talk about it a little bit more because you will have experienced it and you will know firsthand what we're talking about. Exactly. And something else too that I always tell my method students is that you never get a second chance to make a first impression. Absolutely. And I know that's, you know, a cliche saying or whatever, but it is absolutely true. Mm -hmm. um, if they come into your class and it's a complete disaster the first day, they're going to have an attitude all year long that's going to be hard to, to fight. Yeah. And, you know, so you want to start out on the right foot with everyone. So, um, you know, a typical first day, honestly, for me, I, I start out in the target language. I've got my can-do statements on the board and they're, they're very basic, mm -hmm. you know, but it's, I can introduce myself in Spanish. I can, um, you know, say where I'm from, you know, very basic, but still mm -hmm. important skills. And then I, like, I can define proficiency because we want to get that started. And I mean, we start immediately into the Spanish and, you know, having them say as much as they possibly can um, with all of that. And of course, a lot of it too, like we said in um, one where we were planning a lesson, it depends. Do you have a 
50 minute class, a 75 minute class? Do you have the block where it's like 98 minutes? So a lot of, you know, Right. Your time allotment is really going to depend, but for like a typical 50 minute class, I'll spend the first day, I'll spend about 20, 20 minutes in the target language. Um, and then it's time for a brain break, <laughs> you Same. know, so, so we'll get up, we'll do a little brain break. And then I will take about five minutes and I will show them canvas mm -hmm. and say, here's where you can find your syllabus. There is a getting started module that explains and has you go through all of the technology that you will need for this class. And, you know, some people have been like, why do you spend time with all of that? It cuts down so much on all of the questions and the, I don't know, and whatnot. And so I tell them, you've got the getting started module. So go home and get started. Then we um, will typically do um, a community building activity, like an icebreaker mm -hmm. kind of thing. And with 101, I do it in English because they really shouldn't know <laughs> any Spanish. With, you know, second or third or fourth semester or whatnot, the icebreakers are in Spanish as well. But in 101, it's you've got to build that community so that they're comfortable speaking with each other. You want to lower the affective filter. Mm -hmm. And so you want to do some silly, you know, fun types of things to get them to know each other and get them comfortable with each other, you know? And so right. I typically do that. And then we'll launch into, um, you know, our discussion about what proficiency is. And we've talked about that in a previous um episode about the proficiency unit that we have that we're mm -hmm. working on revising. We're oh, not quite done there, but um, so we're working on revising and, you know, 50 minutes flies by and it, I love it when I go, oh my goodness, it's time to go. And the students look at the clock and they go, oh my gosh, really? Yes. That's the most satisfying moment. Or even when the, you know, you're doing the year and you, you're fully into your thing and you're putting them into an activity and, I, and I'm looking at the clock and I know they have four minutes to get into that activity, but I'm going to milk every single minute that I possibly can. I'm going to go all the way to the end. And I'm always thinking, wait, it's going to hit the time. They're going to be flocking out the door anyway, because college students, they don't have bells. So they just, they keep their eyes on the clock. And then I see the clock and they're still going strong and they're still going strong. And so I'll just quietly walk back to my desk and I'll start putting up my stuff. And they kind of look at me, it takes them a minute for one of them to notice and kind of look at me and like, what is she doing? And then they look at the clock and they go, oh, it's time. And then you have that whole domino effect. And I think it's hilarious. And I love it because it tells me they were engaged. They Absolutely. were fully engaged. They were not over there just looking at the clock, being like, oh, shoot me now. I've got, you know, 10 minutes to go. I really want to go, you know, that kind of thing. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so what is your, minutes. what is your typical, I mean, that was like my typical 50 minute first day at the university level. What about you? It's pretty similar. So I start and I, I, you know, and I get set up and if I say anything to them, I will say it in French because you're right, it sets the tone. Mm -hmm. And if we are to expect 90 minutes target, like 90 minutes, 90% target language <laughs> in our classes, 
um, we have to let them know it's a language class. This is what we're going to do. If you have a math class, you don't start by going over English rules. Right. So why not do that? So I'll, I'll just say a couple of things in French. And then when I start, one thing I do like to do, and I do realize it raises the effective filter, but then I lower it right behind, but it helps me find the ones who shouldn't be in my class is I start fully in French and I'm like, oh, bonjour, comment ça va? Vous êtes content? Vous avez passé de bonnes vacances? And I start fully going into it because inevitably the ones who have had French, they want to show off. And so they'll start answering and some of them will have a full-blown conversation. And so at some point when I switch language, I'm like, okay, so you, 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 and you, I need you to stay at the end and we need to have a talk. And so, and then I tell them at the end, I say, you, you can't do that. You can't be here. One, you're going to be bored because we're going to spend so much time on basic stuff. And then two, it's not fair to the rest of them because they're going to, they think they need to be at that level and they're going to be scared. Mm -hmm. And it's like, and so I kind of put it in perspective to them and usually they understand i might have some who will argue a little bit and it's like well go try another level class see how it feels and kind of encourage them out of my class but yeah so we'll start in french same thing i do about 20 25 minutes then um i don't necessarily do the brain break which i do need to incorporate that but when i switch we have a minute where i'm the i'm the cheerleader and i'm like yeah you made it look at you and they go oh my God. And it's like, yeah, but remember when I started and y'all panicked and they're like, yeah, I was ready to walk out. It's like, but look at you. You were able to understand what I was telling you about. You were able to figure this out. Look at what you can already say. And it, and they kind of go, yeah, you're right. And then we do, we talk about the proficiency, what it is, have a classroom conversation on it. And that's a format that I typically keep for the first two, three classes we talk mm -hmm. about it and then once we've gone beyond that ad drop that's when i do the the um syllabus and whatever else they need to but know. you know what i don't even really unless students have a question i don't really go over the syllabus because built into my getting started module is a syllabus activity so and that's what i need to add because i don't have one and that's been on my on my list to do to add that yeah that so i i mean i just basically make a um screencast of a powerpoint although you could use adobe spark <laughs> <laughs> and um so it's basically a screencast that highlights you know all the typical questions and i've put it into kaltura Mm -hmm. and um you know made it into a quiz and then so they have to do that and then they also have to sign a syllabus disclosure that says i have read understood and agreed to abide by the syllabus mm -hmm. for you know such and such semester and they you know they type in their name and that has really saved a lot of you know headaches because if they come to you and say, well, I didn't know, really, you signed right here that you understood. I never, you never came and asked me about it or anything like that. And that's one thing I do need to add that's been on my list, especially since I have online classes now and I've been building it a little bit slower than what I wanted to, but that's been on my list to add. And I thought, you know, even the face-to-face -face need that. They need that yes, support. I 
I do it with the face-to-face -face and some of my colleagues were kind of surprised we're not going over the syllabus the first day. I'm like, no. And of course, some of them still feel the need to go over the syllabus. So they will do it, at, but they, do, they have listened to me now and they do it after drop ad. Mm -hmm. And they are like, wow, it really has, um, it really has uh, cut down on the questions. Yeah. So, and then the little videos about, okay, here is where you're going to find your homework that you have online. Here is where you are going to find these things. You know, you need to stay on top of your due dates because you're going to have this. You need to, to prepare for class. Here is what you need to do. It definitely helps because if they don't remember, you can be like, here is where you're going. And I'm thinking about using the Bitmoji Classroom a lot more. I had started building one and then I, I kind of get busy and stepped away from it. And I have not had the chance to go back to it because there's only 24 hours in a day. Unfortunately, I know. <laughs> uh, well, maybe fortunately, but because um, imagine how exhausted we would be if we had more. I know it. And I've been trying to protect my evenings and my weekends just so I can keep some sanity into me because I, I cannot be that workaholic over something. Yeah. And, you know, I, I read something on Twitter today about, you know, we've got to stop normalizing workaholism in academia. Mm -hmm. You know, we do. We and, and for women in particular, because it seems like men can get away with the, oh, well, there is this and I'm not going to do that. But women were like juggling all of that. And then we're having to put a lot more work into it. Mm -hmm. And I tell you what, I honestly, this weekend, I didn't really do any work and I had, I had to fight the feelings of guilt. <laughs> yes. Yes. Like, and I've had to learn that. that. Yeah. And, you know, seeing all of those webinars that are being offered and like on Twitter where you have those various uh, hashtag chats that are happening, all of them are in the evening because trying to cater to the different time zones. And it frustrates me a little bit because it's like, why do you have to do it in the evening? At the same time, I understand why it's because it's during the week and a lot of times people, some of them would still be at work. So you have to have that. But I can't do it. I have to stop at some point because otherwise I just can't focus anymore. I've given right. all well, and day. Too, and then too, you also think about, oh, I need to be, you watch a webinar and you're like, man, I really need to do this more, man. I really need to do that mm -hmm. more. And so it's like, okay, you, you've got to pick a few things. And so, um, you know, I feel like I've got my first day, um, down pretty well. Um, I do like to look for new icebreaker activities, um, you know, and some of the ones I thought, we, you know, we could share some of the ones that we do um, for that. I mean, you can always do a, um, you know, someone who activity. And so you can give them a piece of paper, find someone who, you know, like here in Alabama, we would say is an Auburn fan or an Alabama fan or find someone who is, you know, um, from another country or you, know, you, you can do those kind of things. Um, I also use one, uh, it's kind of like speed dating. You put them, you have partners, of course they'd have to be six feet apart. This, you know, <laughs> yeah. which, I don't know if you have the class space this fall, but you put them in circles, two circles, one inside, one outside. Mm -hmm. And there's a question up on, um, yes. on like a PowerPoint or whatever. And it's like, you know, what did you have for breakfast this morning? Right. <laughs> or, 
do you have a pet? Tell me about him or different things like that. And they talk about it and they just get to know each other and kind of break the ice. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know you have some too. Well, it's funny because these I'll do in one or two and beyond because I can do those in the target language. But for whatever reason, I don't know why I don't do them in one-on-one because I, per, I pretty much could do that in five minutes or less. I really don't know why. But in some of the ones I have, um, which it's one you had shown me and that you got off of Teachers Pay Teachers is the um, lines and dots or yes. lines and blobs. Was, blobs lines and bobs where you have questions and based on that students have to either make a line or find little another blob of people of like-minded so you might have the line yourself up according to the for the alphabetical order of your first names mm -hmm. so then they have to talk to one another and find out what everybody's name is and it's always interesting because that's where you're finding who your leaders are going to be because you have the ones that are like, okay, so I'm going to do this and I'm going to talk to everybody and I'm going to move and I'm going to put everybody where they need to be. And you have the ones that are like, can I be a flower on the wall right now and not participate? <laughs> it's always kind of interesting to see. Or they're going to be like, do I really have to get up? Mm -hmm, exactly. But then they really enjoy it. And, and the one of uh, find people who have the same musical taste as yours. Mm -hmm. So that one's always funny because they're kind of like, well, I kind of like everything. <laughs> yeah. Or, or it's like, you'll have, especially in, in the college groups, like a very small you know, group who like country and they're like, really? You like mm -hmm. country? <laughs> yeah. Every once in a while, I'll have a small group and they're like classical music. I'm like, huh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's always, I mean, you get to find out a little bit more about them. Some of the ones, yeah, that we've, that we've used and they they find it quite interesting and funny. And that one with the various question, one that's also quite amusing is line up in, um, increasing size of your foot size ah yes that one's always kind of funny but um in one of my classes that was a higher level i would do it pretty much at the beginning of every class that was our hook to kind of to get them going it had nothing to do with what we were doing so it wasn't a true true hook but it got them thinking in french mm -hmm. and it got them moving it got the blood flowing and they seemed to really enjoy it and sometimes i would do the conversation circle and sometimes we would go on to that. Another thing that's kind of fun to do um, in, at any level is that they can interview me. Mm -hmm. So they can ask me any kind of question. Yes. Um, you know, and I really kind of like that setup um, because then you can flip the tables, you know, and maybe like once a week, okay, let's see who's going to be our volunteer or our victim them depending right mm -hmm. um and be interviewed this week and so i'll take and a lot sometimes people will volunteer and i'm like you know you might as well just get it over with <laughs> <laughs> and so it kind of sets the tone because you know i've gone first or you know depending to sometimes every class is different and you can see okay i'm not going to have a whole lot of success if i try this interview thing so then you might try to bring in somebody a, you know, a guest or something via Zoom so that they can interview that person rather than being the one being interviewed. Because sometimes, you know, 
that will raise the affective filter. You kind of just have to know your students and know mm -hmm. the particular classes. And there have been times when I've taught the exact same class and with one class I'll do the, the you know, classmate interviews and with others I won't mm -hmm. just because of the classroom dynamic. Right. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, in my day one, when I'm obviously when I'm um, going in French and it, it is, and I'm thinking 101, it would be your typical, and I'll introduce myself in French. So I'm Madame Hope because I do go by Madame Hope, although I'm university level culturally, I would not use the doctor in France. So I don't because it doesn't feel like to me, doctor is medical and <laughs> I can philosophize all we want on any medical situation, but at the end of the day, it's not doing squat for anyone. Yeah. So it doesn't feel right to me. So I am Madam Hope, but then I tell them you can, be, you can call me professor, you can be, call me Dr. Hope, you can call me Madam Hope, however you want to, but I introduce myself. I'm like, Madam Hope, you can call me this. You know, I'm from France. I live in the US and I tell them a little bit. I give them enough of that tell them how happy I am to have them just a little bit and then uh, I'll go with the whole modeling of je m'appelle madame hope comment tu t'appelles right and so I'll pick one student random student and go with that who kind of usually has that thing and I'm like and so we'll go back through it and and then they'll go and I'll write it on the board to help them to give them that visual so they see it which was last year when I started at Davidson. That's the, the day I had the biggest shocker and I almost completely broke out of, of French because I wrote it on the board and turned back around and every single one of those students is writing it down. <laughs> and I had never had that before. And I almost went, holy crap, look at two people taking notes. And I had to really hold myself in and go, whoa, different environment. <laughs> yeah. Which I was funny. So funny to me, but then we go through that, and so we'll do it with a couple of them, and then every time they do it, I'll go enchanté and I'll shake their hand, which can't do that this year. Uh, can't shake their hands, so I'll have to do, you know, would have to do a little wave, and so then they do it with a partner, and then we kind of go and we build it up a little bit, right? That's the in person, and it's super easy. Now online. And I'm thinking synchronous online because you get your difference. You have your asynchronous at this point. Building their community is a little bit more difficult, but I mean, you can do it. That's where you do the Flipgrid videos so they can introduce themselves. Somebody else can respond to it. But the online synchronous, that's the one where I've been struggling with brainstorming. How do I do that? Because you're not able to like point at somebody and go, you give me an answer because they don't know who you're pointing to. Well, I think that's kind of where the tech, you know, the tech will come in if you're doing the synchronous kind of remote teaching, right? Mm -hmm. um, I'm thinking wheel of names, but that would require, you know, some prep on your right. part because you would have to make the wheel from your role, you know, before classes started, right. but you could certainly use the wheel of names to try and, and, you know, pick some, some people to, to, to talk with and, and different things like that. I think you could do that. You can always use answer pad and, or whiteboard.fi depending, you know, on your preference for 
um, asking them questions. I mean, you could ask them, you know, to draw, okay, if I say the color red, what would you draw to, um, you know, represent that or something, you know, you could always do things like that to kind of break the ice. Yeah. I mean, my, my biggest, I think hurdle is that direct, like, Oh, je m'appelle Madame Hope. Comment tu t'appelles? And having right. that one person that you're kind of singling out because mm -hmm. they can signal that they're volunteering with the hand raised but I don't know that we have one way unless they're muted and we unmute that one person. Right. Um, that's the one I'm trying to rethink through. Mm -hmm. One thing I do know because I've looked at various, um, well, various webinars. I've, I did a class on online teaching with, uh, Victoria Russell and her cohort. And, um, I know I need to have like you have that that getting started module. I need to have that mm -hmm. one thing they modeled beforehand and said it was a very good idea for online classes. But as I got to thinking about it, would be for even synchronous and face-to-face -face classes is a couple of days before class sending an email to mm -hmm. welcome the students. Yes. You know, welcome. This is where who I am. Here is what's going to happen on day one. Here is what to expect so that they know, oh, I do need to show up because we are going to be doing work. It's not your typical syllabus day and I can skip it. Um, so also they're expecting to have some French from the get go. And I'm thinking because when I was, you know, back in the spring, when we did the, the synchronous remote classes, what helped a little bit is I would put them a document beforehand with a preparation of here is what's going to happen during the class. Here is what you need to be prepared for. So then they would also have that and it would help with day one a little bit into, oh, expect that I will be singling some of you out, <laughs> not to put right. you in the spotlight, but because I need volunteers to interact with. So that sort of thing. So I think that's, that's an element to help me start on the right foot being online, because I know I will be online is one thing that needs to happen. Yes, I have a um, letter, basically, that I send out for my asynchronous courses. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, introducing myself and telling them, you know, the course will be available on this date and, mm -hmm. you know, um, that I will have a live orientation question answer session, how the course works on, you know, whatever date and time. And, um, you know, here's some tips for you. And I give them, yeah, a few tips about how to be successful in an asynchronous online course. Um, so I do that for them. Um, but I'm th I think you're right. If you're going to be doing the remote, you're going to need to do that um, as well. I really mm -hmm. think that that is, is important to kind of set the tone as well. Um, and then, yeah, you've got to rethink all of your community building because it, it is kind of hard to build a community we, you know, online. And that's one of the things that I've been struggling with, with the asynchronous class as well. 
Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the nature of the asynchronous, right? I'm doing my thing in my side, in my little corner, mm -hmm. and don't bother me. That's kind of the appeal for some of the students in, yeah. you know, in addition to because it works with their schedule because they don't have to travel to the places, they don't have to worry about that. That whole, let me work on my own, at my own pace, it is the appeal for the students, but at the same time, yeah, community mm -hmm. it's, lacks it's, a whole lot because mm -hmm. you can't force them into it and those daily interactions are how we do it right because we have those little conversations maybe before class um, maybe sometimes something in the middle of class that might happen um, I know with in the fall with in Davidson um, one day I went to class and I started noticing in the hallway they were papers that were posted everywhere on posting boards on doors I mean just random places and it had little quotes and some of them I wasn't completely sure of but it like people who had done something or had witnessed something and so I asked my class and I said what is that about and they said oh over the weekend somebody went it was around Halloween I think somebody had a party they might have done the blackface I think that's what it was or some no it wasn't the blackface was equally as bad they did the grill and dressing up as horrible like I don't know what they were so that I was proud to see that that promoted a movement where basically calling out on those things that you cannot do because it is uh, racist in in mm -hmm. nature and so we started having a conversation about it that was not the day that I the class that I had planned but it led us to that and so those little conversations is where you also build your community right because they're talking to you they're having a conversation amongst themselves with you etc and it's difficult to have online because it's not happening in the moment there is a lot more of a remote aspect to it mm -hmm. so yeah definitely not going to be the same tight neat um, classroom environment that you would otherwise have but I mean if you're synchronous that's where you can do your breakout groups smaller breakout groups and then they get to know different people and work with various people yes mm -hmm. so yeah so I think um, I mean day one is obviously like you said we want to lower the effective filter it's a day where you want to keep the stakes fairly low, especially if it's the first year or the first semester. Yes. But even in higher ones, when I've had, and you said the answer pad, and I don't know why I didn't even think about it. When I do any of the literature classes, I like to use the answer pad. And what I ask them is to draw something that represents them. Mm -hmm. So if any of their friends were to see that, they would know it's them because it's, it represents them. Right. And right. they enjoy answer pad because they have the colors that they can change the color. They can get a little bit more artistic, give them about you know, five minutes, depending on some of them work super quick or whatever. They get very amused. They might show it to their neighbor. And then I'll just pick rent. I'll kind of go through. And if there is something that really strikes me, we'll talk about it. And we can do that in the target language at that point. Um, like one <laughs> semester that was at UAB, 
in my lit class. Um, one of them had the um, how shit was it called out of the the Russian the, um, the hammer and the um, and the thing. And I looked and I, and I said uh, communist. And the student went yes because that's what I am. I am a communist. It represents me. It's <laughs> like okay then. And so we had a little conversation about it. And well, guess right. what? Everybody, Chris, it was a small class, but everybody remembered him and we all knew, you know, mm -hmm. that stuff. And he was very much different. The whole, there, there was no doubt, but so that was interesting to, to see that was the most extreme one I've had. So we, we do that, but we want to keep it lower stakes on those days in a literature class usually obviously i don't ask them to do a reading for that day so we'll we might talk about the topic of the class um for instance this semester it's my intro to literature we're doing uh portraits of women mm -hmm. so i think we're going to have a little conversation about what is a portrait mm -hmm. what does it look like in literature what type of information would you have what would you look for to to get their minds going around there already mm -hmm. ask them which the essential question that we're having and it's simple yet not I think is and we have a couple but one of them is is the portrait of a woman different if dressed by a man or by a woman mm -hmm. and how as the portrait of a woman evolved over years and centuries mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In literature I mean obviously in a semester we're not going to be able to have all of the answers but right right that's right. that's the idea I want them to be thinking about that I want that to stay with them that depending who is writing depending on you know who who is yeah writing that it's going to be different so that's kind of where the conversation is going to go so it's more conversation based and then we can get into our readings mm-hmm mm -hmm. well and I think, you know, again, though, to me, building a community when you're face to face or even remote with Zoom is still a lot easier than if you're asynchronous. And, um, you know, I still struggle with that. And sometimes I don't always feel like I, um, I get that with my online classes and it's so interesting because we've done a lot of surveys I'm always asking my poor students things but one of the main reasons they take the asynchronous class is convenience because mm. of their schedule you yeah. know they work um, crazy hours or they work all the time or they're you know an athlete who travels so much with whatever you know sport they play and so you know, some of them are unhappy. They're like, we shouldn't have to do talk abroad with native speakers. We haven't learned enough yet. And others are like, and they're like, we should just, you know, talk with a classmate. But the ironic thing is they have activities where they're supposed to talk to a classmate and they don't do them, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? And so when I go in to grade those and I'm like, okay, the, the students have done nothing. Uh, they had, you know, like maybe three or four of them have done that. Or I have, I had a student last week who's like, how am I supposed to find a partner? And I'm like, well, there's the discussion board. You have access to email. You can email all of your, you know, mm -hmm. classmates. There's all sorts of things that you can do. Um, and so 
I've decided, I mean, nobody's going to be really happy. But when the girl said, how do I, you know, find a partner? I realized that we, st I still haven't, you know, built the community that I really want to with these students. And so I actually, and it was kind of one of the, and we, and I know you do this at the end, but one of my aha moments, I attended a webinar by IALT um, last week. And IALT is the um, International Association for Language Learning and Technology. And you can actually, you know, go and join and probably see the recording. But Florencia Henshaw did this about how to make discussion board posts more engaging and more fun because let's face it, all students always think the discussion board posts are lame. And, you know, in looking at, you know, some of the things that I have, I'm like, yeah, that's pretty lame. Um, <laughs> you know, thinking, and she said, so we have to let go of our expectation that you will respond to two classmates in at least 150 words, <laughs> you know, and because, and some of the things that she had up there, and I thought, you know, these would be really kind of good icebreakers uh, in the beginning is like post a meme, you know, yeah. I mean, it can be either English or, or Spanish or whatever, you know, language, but post a meme or something and, or just post a picture and have the students create a hashtag for it. Okay. You know, what, yeah. What would you hashtag this picture? Um, you know, kind of thing. And I thought, well, see, you know, some of those things I think would be so much more engaging than introduce yourself in a paragraph. <laughs> right. Know? And, you know, that's also where my students, and that has nothing to do with day one, but in my literature class where they've really reacted super, super well to me using social media. Mm-hmm in there because they told me they said you know when you're reading and you're having that write a paragraph about what you just read i just spin something and i don't know but by right. doing it the way you've done it it makes me think what really is important in this to really focus on that yeah so there's definitely something to be said for those tedious um elements and we've we've all had that and it's funny because when I was doing the methodology methods class at UA um, with Isabel Drevelo and she did a good job and she had seen something about Twitter and so she decided we were going to use Twitter but we were keeping it into a closed group so it was mm -hmm. just students and we were to share information that we were finding outside of Twitter to bring it back to our peers and then comment on it and we were supposed to have so many posts every week and one day I posted something and one of my classmates kept coming back to it and splitting hairs and I thought oh my god drop it already you are really annoying me and then later on she told me she said I'm sorry but I didn't have my number of posts so I was just trying to make those <laughs> it's like Okay, you could have gone and found something meaningful rather than just, you know, split hair on it, but whatever. And afterwards, Isabel said, she said, okay, I see that my mistake was to keep it um, in a closed group for one thing. I should have let you guys interact with the whole Twitter at large mm -hmm. instead of just with all of you. And I should not have had that minimum post every week because 
I really went through it. So I interacted with some people and there were some people who were posting plenty of stuff. So there was, I never had any issues making my minimum, but then some of them weren't quite as technology and it was more of a struggle and you ended up with that kind of empty posting into that. Right. And see, see, that's tough because it's like then, you know, what do you do if you've got a kid who's over here posting and posting and posting and then you've got the kid who didn't post anything. Right. Absolutely. And so, and so I think, you know, that's where the whole minimum thing came about. And so, you know, I kind of thought about that and it really um, could be chalked up to participation. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, how we do class participation. Well, the discussion board could be your class participation. And if you don't post anything, you get a zero for your class participation. Right. Um, how meaningful it is too. Maybe you didn't do much, but it was meaningful. It's like that quiet kid who rarely yes. says anything, but then opens his mouth or her mouth one day and you go, wow, wow, why are you so quiet? Yes, <laughs> This exactly. was brilliant because it's helpful versus your, um, what is it, Igor, the, the student that takes over everything. Yeah. And, um, and your Igor, who's always like, blah, 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 blah. And it's white noise the whole time. And it's like, okay, you're talking, but there is no substance behind it. Right. They're just talking to hear themselves talk. Yeah. So it's, it's participation, but a different level. So yeah, looking at the, the difference between the two, that probably would help. But um, well, and again, you know, it goes back to, and I've got to fight this too. It goes back to letting go of your expectations. And, you know, because if you think about it, you post a picture, all they have to do is a hashtag. I mean, Mm -hmm. instead of 150 word post. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But that's okay. Because what you wind up with, she gave a great example of, you know, it's like, I love bread. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I eat bread every day. And so then the people comment, I love bread too. I love the way you said love. (laughs) I know you wind up with those stupid things and you like you said it's absolutely just garbage there's no meaning to it at all and so you've got to create more you know meaningful type posts absolutely and so i'm really thinking that i can use some of those types of things in the beginning rather than post an introduction of yourself i like the maybe draw a picture or find a picture that represents you. I like that. I think that would be a great maybe intro. I think too, one that might work pretty well, especially in your more introductories is, and some of it we have in the proficiency unit, but with Flipgrid and maybe a conversation on what is language? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What is this? That's a little bit more provocative that has them think a little bit more outside the box. Right. And then maybe they answer and they make their brand new thread because they're the first ones. And then they kind of go and they make their answer and they say, well, I think this is whatever that is. And the next person can either respond to that or has their own thread that gets started and possibly they can interact with one another that way um again we have to be careful with the oh you have to have two answers or whatnot because right. then you get that washed out oh yeah i do agree with you and <laughs> that's it because it's kind of pointless 
but um well and two you have to keep in in mind their proficiency levels because i'm thinking you know the 101 kids i mean what what can they really say if somebody says you know i love bread that's about a you know very basic novel sentence what kind of response can you have to that i mean yeah no not that much think about their proficiency level and what you're really asking them to do well, the other thing to keep in mind as well is that if they are doing it asynchronous online, because not because of COVID, but because that's what they had picked to do, they have a life, they have other things going on, and they don't have time to go back 20 times throughout the week to check whether this has been done or that has not. Um, but yeah, so I think we pretty much have day one. Um, I mean, our first episode was cut yourself some slack. And again, don't take on the world. You got to do you. So be thinking if you're doing it in person or if you're doing it online, but you probably want to step um, on the right foot. So start right. you in need target to start. language. Yes. Show them what the program is going to be about. Start as you mean to go. Yes. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And be very intentional about what you do. And syllabus does not have to be done on day one make your class stand out let all of the other teachers and professors go through their syllabus and bore them to death let (laughs) them be shocked when they come to your class because they did something and that stands out in in their minds right exactly you did some activities they were fun and you were still working but it was fun and they learned something and so they can go home at night and when their parents ask them well what did you do today and they can go well let me tell you about my language class let me tell you i can tell you me llamo sandrine and mm-hmm. maybe right but y como te llamas and parents are gonna be like i have no idea what you're talking about and it's gonna be like well you need to answer this and let them have them be excited and do that and oh, let me tell you the icebreaker we did, and we did this. And what about your other classes? Yeah, wasn't interesting. Exactly, exactly. So let it be the one that stands out. Mm-hmm. All right. So, to use an expression that everybody laughs at and that uh, doesn't exist, but I've made up. Let's not beat a dead horse to a pulp. So we've gone through. <laughs> <laughs> we have gone through that first lesson. We could you know, keep going, but we're not going to say anything new. So let's move on to our aha moment. Well, I've kind of already shared one. Oh, well, too bad. Ha, do you have one? <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe you can go through it again. Well, you share yours. So I got to think of a new one now. Okay. All right. I'll share mine. So my aha moment, I think it was not as revolutionary as the ones I shared for last week, but I discovered Pear Deck. Mm-hmm. I finally went and looked at it and really like what I'm seeing. So I'm still learning how to use it, but I'm planning, I'm doing a presentation on July 16th on technology in the classroom. And I decided, well, I might as well use one of them so they can see it for their own and I like how you can incorporate and they have the slides. The whole program is already made. So you can have um, this type of a collaborative whiteboard kind of thing where they can all type up some answers to a question. 
or they can drag a slide. They have like a slide and they can drag it on one side or the other of a spectrum. So you can have a check-in with like, how are you feeling about this? Mm-hmm. Or you have, you can have some multiple choices and they have to drag the dot where they, where it goes and it's showing you all of that. So I think it's pretty cool because it's some things that can be incorporated into the class um, on day one that might be something that can be incorporated as well was I was thinking about because you can have them put like markers place markers and I was thinking maybe a map of the world and maybe like where is France <laughs> <laughs> that might be challenging that might be challenging and maybe can you can you mark another part of the world where uh, French is is widely spoken and see what they can they can pinpoint and if they have specific areas as far as countries or or even continents maybe (laughs) they can do it or that could be an interest in interesting interactive um first day so that's my aha thing pair deck which i'm really enjoying that so you thought of one i think honestly my aha is i have to let go of some expectations that um you know that i have for participation in the online class um so i just you know i've got to let all that go and realize some of the requirements maybe uh, you know they think are like the discussion board i'm like i'm just gonna have to let some of this go and it's all good yeah well change right exactly change we have to know what we're leaving behind and that we're going to gain something better Alrighty. Well, we would love to hear some of your aha moments. If you have some, you can um, tweet at Into Mondays and let us know what your aha moment was this week. Or you can email us at stepintomondays at gmail.com and let us know. And you can also share what do you typically do on day one to step um, on the right foot and how will you change that this year because whether we're teaching face-to-face or online we're going to have to adapt a little bit exactly so yeah so thank you for listening to us thank you for listening to step into mondays be sure to subscribe and like give us the five stars rating if you want to leave a comment if you can mostly it's on apple Podcasts. but if your podcast platforms that you do that share with friends colleagues everywhere in in the world about how fabulous we are (laughs) and uh and how uh not full of ourselves we are either and We're so humble. We are extremely humble. The humble podcast. That's our new hashtag. There you go. <laughs> and uh, we'll catch you next Monday. Au revoir. Hasta lunes. Bye.